from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. Gonna do it. A little trading camp report for you on the Detroit Lions trading camp in full swing. And boy, listen, you get excited regardless of whatever you know team you're a fan of because they're practicing and the fans are out there, and you're getting closer to preseason games, and then obviously closer to the regular season. But the feelings around the Lions are really, really good right now. And of course, them being on hard knocks is gonna help the hype and help the excitement factor and you know Lions fans are going to be glued to their TVs when Hard Knocks premieres in a couple of weeks but the, the what we're hearing out of them we're going to have some some special guests on guys like Dave Burkett and others to talk about what they're seeing out there at Lions camp over the next uh you know several weeks but the report first on the Lions first round draft pick overall number two Aiden Hutchinson has been phenomenal and you know this is a guy who there's a lot of, I don't want to say pressure's not the right word, but there's a lot of expectations. You know, the Lions could have gone with Kayvon Thibodeau. They could have gone with someone else. I always had said that I wanted Cutchinson to be the guy there. I thought he was going to go number one. The Jaguars obviously take Walker, and it, he falls in the Lions lap. This is, and by the way, I got a chance to play uh, golf with his father at our great Nami uh, outing, Skids and Pins, last Sunday. Great family, great work ethic, incredible talent. And he is getting a ton of praise from his teammates and his coaches. The Associated Press wrote about this. Uh, You know, just some quotes that that they gave from Hutchinson. Quote, that's always been the mindset for me, really, 
in every aspect, high school, college. When I'm young and you got these guys that have been there for a while, I respect that and I want them to respect me. You earn it out there on the practice field and your rookie duties. Of course, talking about the respect he was given immediately from his teammates and the, just the attitude he's showing. And, you know, Dan Campbell has been very highly praiseworthy of him saying, you know, what he's been doing has been exactly what you want out of a rookie. He's very self-aware, Campbell said. He's not coming in here being loud and talking a bunch of trash or doing anything like that. He knows he's got to earn his right. And other teammates, you know, Frank Ragnow, Pro Bowl center Frank Ragnow has said that, that Hutchinson's doing everything the right way off the field, gets to practice at least 30 minutes early. Uh, fellow defensive end Julian Aquara has noticed this, like, relentless attitude that he has. It's carrying over to his play. Uh, Aquara said, quote, even when he came into OTAs, you can tell he's a workhorse. He goes after it, goes hard every play. So we love him. And, you know, there was, you know, kind of this, they talk about this, uh, you know, welcome to the NFL moment and that not everything has been easy. He did have his, you know, quote, first welcome to the NFL moment uh, in Detroit in the first, uh, you know, fully padded practice after TJ Hawkinson knocked him to the ground with a block that, that Hutch did see coming. But learning experience, Dan Campbell said he's, he'll memory pick that moment. I'm, and I'm telling you, it may happen one more time, and I bet that's about it. Uh, you know, Petty Sewell has talked about, you know, just uh, how he's butter. He, you know, he scratched up a little bit in the beginning, but I get it. Jitters, but he killed it. That man killed it about the way he's been practicing. Um, Dan Campbell also said again that he took a big step in respect of his teammates because just the way he's been able to perform uh, in training camp. It's, it's just been really nice to see what Hutchinson has been able to do so far. And there, they also, there's also a story uh, that the AP talks about saying that he made an impression in the media room as part of his rookie initiation. He was asked to sing a song in front of the entire team. And then I guess his rendition of Michael Jackson's Billie Jean earned rave reviews. I'm sure we're going to see that on Hard Knocks. But that is, uh, this is just really good stuff that you want, uh, you know, from a, an overall number two and future of the franchise, transformative defensive type player. And yeah, everyone looks good. Every team looks good. Every fan base thinks their team's going to win the Super Bowl at this point. But you can read into things. You can look deeper into things. And to me, the, what, I, what we are hearing coming out of training camp so far, offense starting to look pretty darn good. That offensive line, the weapons like DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson, and obviously new weapon DJ Shark. The defense with, you know, obviously what Hodges has been able to do with the return of Jeffrey Okuda, with a big year for him, and Okwara, this is going to be, Okwara brothers, this is going to be a very interesting start of the season. And, you know, a lot of times you don't look at at preseason games as meaning much. And a lot of the starters aren't going to say, you know, aren't going to see a lot of action in the three preseason games that we have now in the NFL. But for the Lions in year two under Dan Campbell, with guys like Hutchinson, with Okwara coming back, or excuse me, with uh, Okuda coming back, you know, with some new pieces on offense, the emerging about Ross A. Brown, who was there last year, but DJ Shark, and, and you know, just seeing what Jared Goff has worked out in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see when the when the A units out there in the preseason, the, the rare times they are, and you think they'll be out there for at least a little bit, what the offense looks like. But also, 
Hutchinson's going to get some play in the preseason and to see what that front seven's going to look like with Aquara and and Dream McNeil and Brockers and Aquara, obviously Aquara's brother Julian Aquara and, and, uh, and um, linebacker and Oruarie who's made some good improvements from what we're you know hearing and seeing uh, from last year to this year. Tracy Walker who's been a stalwart free safety one of the higher ranked safeties uh, definitely via pro Ball focus and others for a long time now. Uh, so this this is going to be interesting. I, mean, I, I think Lions fans might not be more excited to see preseason games than they have been in a long time this season. And then there's Dan Campbell. We've talked a lot about Dan Campbell and how I truly believe that Brad Holmes, the general manager, is the real deal. He did it with Les Seed in Los Angeles. They won a Super Bowl last year. And yes, in the, the, the short period of time he's been here in Detroit, it just seems like the guy knows what he's doing. So I believe he's the real deal. Of course, the, the team's got to perform. I mean, it's all on paper right now. But the question is Dan Campbell. Is he the real deal? And as far as emotion goes and the team buying into what he's selling and the biting the kneecap stuff and all the different things that he says and the personality. I was talking to uh, my man, uh, Will Birchie, the sports writer for 97 with the kid, the ticket, 97 with the kid, for 97 with the ticket. And, you know, he's out of Lions practice a lot. And he said, Dan Campbell's going to become America's coach. Like the Cowboys might be America's team, which we know they're really not anymore because all they do is lose in the first round of the playoffs. But that Dan Campbell is going to become America's coach on hard knocks. And that, that's great. The team's still got to win. They've got to win seven, eight games this year. They've got to at least double that win total from the 313 in one year last year. But if he's the real deal, with the team that Brad Holmes is, is building him, this Lions franchise is going to do things that we have not seen them do since I was like a middle school kid in the 90s, which is win playoff games, or a playoff game, obviously back then, but multiple playoff games, division titles. Rodgers and the Packers, he's not going to be there much longer. The Bears, to me, seem like a total question mark that aren't going to be even as good as the Lions this year with Justin Fields. And the Vikings, I think, are going to go backwards as well. This could end up being the Detroit Lions division for a long time. And how about Dan Campbell? When asked about the identity of the Detroit Lions, we already know, everyone knows the kneecap line. But how about this? will tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you. Pardon my French. I know there might be some younger kids listening. I had to read that's an actual quote. will tread water as long as it takes to effing bury you. This is what you want. This mindset of a team of warriors, of guys that are, you know, this band of brothers that are going to do whatever it takes to win games, to fight through pain, and to to look at their head coach, a guy that they all seem to really be in tune with and connected with. And if they start winning and the, the good times keep rolling over, oh boy, it's going to be real special, not just at Ford Field, but all around the land for this Detroit Lions team. So just awesome. And, Listen, we are getting ever so closer to that first preseason game. The Lions will play against the Atlanta Falcons on August 12th. Uh, I'm actually leaving for Vegas that day, so I'll have to watch it uh, as soon as I get into get into town. Falcons right now, Bet Rivers minus 1.5, minus 105. Lions plus 1.5, minus 115. Star, very few starters are expected to play much in that game, if at all. 
Falcons on the money line, minus 120. Uh, and the Lions, minus 103. The total very low, as we'll see a lot of low preseason totals. 33.5, over minus 104. Under minus 118. Let's take a look at the latest on the Detroit Lions markets. We've been monitoring this for you for the last several weeks. Not much movement on the make the playoffs or not make the playoffs uh, money line. The yes for the Lions to make the playoffs is plus 340. The no is minus 455. That's kind of where it's been at for the last couple of weeks. Division finishing odds, and I gave you this play a few weeks ago. I love the Lions 4-1 to finish second ahead of the Bears and Vikes, but behind Green Bay. To finish first, they're 9-1. To To finish third, they're plus 165. To finish fourth, they're plus 145. And then win total for the regular season. The main number is 6.5. We're seeing that steadily move up. The 6.5 over is minus 125. At one point, it was minus 112 at Bet Rivers. Now it's all the way up to minus 125. I don't believe we're going to get to a 7, you know, over under 7. It's possible, but I definitely would jump on the 6.5 right now before the line, you know, the the juice goes up even more. The under 6.5, by the way, is plus 103. Uh, You can also go over 5.5 at Bet Rivers on the lines, win totals, uh, minus 240. Under plus 190, and then 7.5 over plus 160, under minus 200. I don't like any of those. I mean, you could the stab you would take at, at over 7.5 to get to 8 wins plus 160 is not nearly enough value as it is to go over 6.5, and, and all you got to do is get to 7 in a 17 game schedule. Even now, I would lay that juice as opposed to taking the shots. The Lions could win 8 this year, the Lions could win 9. That's kind of the ceiling. But I'm not going to take the plus 160 when I have what I feel like is a very solid bet over 6.5, minus 125. And then just taking a look at some of the props right now and futures uh, and also, uh, you know, rookie of the year odds for both Jameson Williams and Aiden Hutchinson. We'll start though with the NFL, uh, you know, Super Bowl odds. Bill's still a favorite 6-1, to one, Bucks 7.5-1, to one, Packers and Chiefs 10-1, to one, not buying Green Bay at all, 10-1 to one, by the way. Rams 11 to 1 uh, last year's champs, and then Chargers right on the top five. It's one of my plays at 15 to 1. The Lions right now, they are ahead of a lot more teams than they were last year, but they're still in the bottom half here, bottom third for sure, plus 125. Same odds as the Bears, the Jags, and the Panthers, but they are ahead of the Jets, Seahawks, Falcons, and Texans. And then when it comes to the division, which I think is some value, we, we talked about finishing positions in the division, but as far as winning it, Packers minus 182, Vikes plus 275, Lions firmly in third, uh, you know, the third choice plus 9 to 1, and the Bears at 13 to 1. Now let's take a look at a couple of the props for you when it comes to markets for offensive and defensive rookie of the year. I told you a long, long time ago to take Aiden Hutchinson before, uh, you know, the, the Lions maybe would move and you hear good reports on him. In trading camp, uh, you know, this is a guy that I think, you know, is sack number seven and a half. I would go over that. But you look at where he's at in the defensive rookie of the year market, and I think that, you know, he is the favorite at five to one. That line to me, if he starts performing in the preseason, like when there's actual games, it's going to go down. Could be three to one, could be plus 350. And obviously, especially. You know, once the regular season starts, because preseason doesn't really matter. But if he goes out there in one preseason game and it says monstrous sacks, it looks fantastic, that line's going to go down. Right now he's 5-1. to one. Kayvon Thibodeau is 6-1. to one. Quay Walker and Kyle Hamilton, 8-1. to one. But I like Hutch at 5-1 to one to win defensive rookie of the year. It's a two-unit play for me. By the way, head coach specials. You've got 
uh, in uh, at Bat Rivers as far as what's going to happen with the head coaches. Uh, I I think that you got to look at Dan Campbell as having a chance at Coach of the Year, and it's not like it's going to be a great chance. But if the Lions win seven, eight, nine games and are in much of them, Dan Campbell's going to have a great chance to be the head coach of the year. So take a look at that right now. Uh, you got Dan Campbell around 13 or so to one uh, to be coach of the year. And we'll continue to update that as it goes. And then, as I mentioned, offensive rookie of the year, favorite Kenny Pickett, no surprise there. The new Steelers quarterback, Brees Hall, 7-1, to one, uh, Pickett 5-1, to one, by the way. Drake London, 8-1. to one. Christian Watson, 9-1. to one. Kenneth Walker, the third of the Spartan. Former Spartan, 10-1, to one, along with Traylon Burks. Garrett Wilson, the former Buckeye, 10-1 to one as well. Then Sky Moore and Chris Olave, 11-1. Jalen Tolbert, 12-1. James Cook, 13-1. to one. Uh, And then you've got Dotson and Jamison Williams, also Desmond Ritter, former Cincinnati quarterback, at 16-1. to one. It looks like Williams not wasn't ready for training camp to be able to practice, but if he gets going at any point early in the season and that offense for the Lions is humming like I think it could be, it takes off. Let me tell you, Jamison Williams will have a chance to be in that mix for Rookie of the Year, but I think it's probably going to go to Kenny Pickett unless he has a terrible year. Quarterbacks have such an advantage, uh, but I do like the value right now at 16-1. to 1. And by the way, we got football coming up on Thursday, tomorrow. I'm sorry, tonight, later tonight, i got to keep my dates right. The Jaguars and Raiders from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium uh, in Ohio, we've got preseason NFL football already. Can you believe it? Both these teams started camp early. And right now up at Rivers, the Jags, uh, or excuse me, the Raiders minus 2.5, minus 114. Jags plus 2.5, minus 107. Uh, you got Raiders minus 139 on the money line. Jags plus 114. Total 30 and a half. Over minus 107. Under minus 114. And as I've told you many times, there are going to be games, some valuable games to bet on in the NFL preseason. Not a ton of them, but people that think that there's no value betting the preseason and looking at depth charts and looking at, you know, different situational things that coaches are going to say, we're going to try to do this kind of stuff and, you know, scoring a lot of points or we're not playing these guys, we're going to be very vanilla. There's times where you can find out just by doing a little research and having some information where there's some valuable weak spreads when it comes to NFL preseason games. Not huge plays. It's not like betting the regular season, but I will have definitely some NFL preseason plays for you. Maybe even on the lines as we go through this upcoming preseason in August and early September, getting ready for the start of the regular season. All right, let's look at the Lions training camp report. And that's going to do it for us here today on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast. We'll see you tomorrow to get you set for the weekend on a fantastic Friday. Until then, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, on this beautiful Thursday. Out. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. And welcome in, Fight Citizens. Happy Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. We're going to get to a Lions training camp update and some updated Lions and futures in a little bit. 
and we will talk about the golf action at the Wyndham and just kind of where I'm at with everything, uh, you know, heading into the weekend. And of course, based on when you listen to the show on Thursday, the tournament will have already started, could be, you know, finished for the day. But I'm going to give you a, you know, rehash where we're at with our plays and things to watch for over the weekend. Uh, before we get to the betting window, what a night last night. What a crazy night at Pine Knob. First, you know, I've talked about this on various shows that I've done for years, whether it's 97.1 or this show. A huge fan of live music, huge fan of great live music, and a huge fan of the band Fish. And I was lucky enough, many of us were lucky enough to see Fish last night at Pine Knob and lucky enough to see my 28th show. But let me just kind of set this up. So, I knew going back a couple days that we probably were going to have possible weather in the area. I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was. Luckily, it wasn't crazy high winds and tons of lightning at Pine Knob. But I left. I was going to leave like around 4 in the afternoon to tailgate. Decided to wait a little while because it started raining and there was bad clouds and, and you know, d- dangerous clouds in the area. And the storms are coming in. And... I left a little later and, and on my way there around, you know, 5 or 5.15 or so, started pouring. They delayed the opening of the show. They delayed the opening of the gates. And as I got there, two of my best friends from out of town that came back to visit with their kids and wives and our good friend Rachel, all that up. My man Spoons, by the way, got to give a shout out, and Thorne. Uh, and Thorne's kid, Ren, and uh, his wife, Jen, and uh, Brad's kids ended up not coming because they were a little under the weather. But his wife, Vicky, and our good friend, Rachel, as I mentioned, we all met up as the rain kind of stopped, I would say around maybe 7 or so, 7.15. It was still raining off and on. But they literally did not open the gates for people to get in until 8. And the show didn't start until, I'm sorry, actually closer at 8.30. The show didn't start until after 9. And they got, I don't know, I, I don't know the exact way, whether they had to petition, you know, the, the city or the cat, whatever the rules are for the ordinance that uh, has an 11 p.m. curfew at Pine Knob, they were able to get it extended to 11.30. Because there's, if people don't know, Pine Knob has a curfew of 11, you play past it, it's something like $10,000 a minute, something crazy amount of money. So they got it approved to go and play till 11.30. But around 8-something, I thought there was maybe... A 20% chance the show was happening. And I'm, if you know me, you know I'm a very positive person. And I was super excited to see Fish's first show in Motown since 2014. We all were, you know, shake down street with all the people cooking food and selling shirts and pins and all that stuff. And the atmosphere was amazing, even with the, the, you know, rivers running through the parking lot. But somehow, even though it was supposed to rain and have lightning for the next several hours... It cleared up, not the skies, but the rain for the most part. It still did rain lightly throughout the show here and there. And the lawn wasn't too trash as far as, you know, muddiness. And they they went on around 9.05 and played till 11.30. A rare situation where Fish, who always plays two sets for about an hour and a half or so each, hour, 15 minutes each as an intermission in, in between. They played one set. And it was a hell of a show and... I know my friend David's kid, Ren, six years old, had his first fish show, really loved it. My friend Brad had a bunch of gummy bears and was enjoying that. And it was just uh, just awesome. And I was lucky enough to be very close um, to watch the show. And sadly, my good friend Amy Andrews couldn't make it. 
we had uh, she we had tickets really close, so I just got to thank her because she got them. And I was she was there in spirit, that's for sure. But lots of videos and pictures on my Twitter at Dan Leach ninety seven one. I think that you know if you listen to the show, I know many of you are into music, and I'll tell you this: whether you're a fan of Fish or not, or whomever you like. But Fish is the kind of band, I know a lot of people feel this way about the Grateful Dead, long, you know, standing touring jam bands. Dave Matthews Band, you know, String Cheese Incident, Widespread Panic, whoever it is. Fish is one of those rare bands that literally brings so many people together. It was the first time I ever had seen a, a Fish show with my good friend Spoons, my best friend from, you know, going back to when I was a kid. And I used to make fun of him for being a Fish fan. And then I went and saw them for the first time in the 90s and I never have stopped. It was my 28th show. And it just brings so many people together and everyone's so happy and you look around and everyone's smiling and dancing and the light show and Trey Anastasio, the lead singer and guitarist of Fish, is just one of the best living guitarists. They're all incredible musicians, Paige and, and, and John, the drummer, and of course, Gordon, the, Mike Gordon, the bassist. Uh, it, it, they're just an incredible band. But the message and the unity and the togetherness that they preach and also you know, live by because it brings everyone together is something that I am eternally grateful for. Some of my finest moments have been at, at concerts, but some of my finest concert moments have been fish shows. And I will never forget New Year's Eve millennium. It was called Big Cypress on this Indian reservation, the Seminole Indian reservation, about 15, 20 miles outside of Miami. We shut down 75. It ended up being the biggest concert, New Year's Eve millennium. If you remember, there was a whole Y2K scare. If anything had happened, we would have been able to be self-sufficient uh, you know, living off of grilled cheese and people cooking stuff for weeks, potable water, everything. And there was 80 plus thousand there. It was a couple day festival, but on the New Year's Eve Millennium Night, they played a set during the day and they played a 7 p.m. set, which they normally do these festivals. Then they, they played a, a set that started at about 1130 at night, New Year's Eve Millennium. They came another famous hot dog after Father Time in this weird costume was, you know, with sausages coming out was, you know, pedaling a bike that was, you know, pushing the clock forward towards midnight. They played for eight and a half straight hours. They never stopped. I mean, yeah, they might stop for 25 seconds or a minute here to get ready for the next song. But, you know, Fish songs can go on forever. A lot of, you know, their songs lasted 30 plus minutes. Uh, Down With Disease, 2001, many others throughout that night. And it was one of the greatest experiences I'll ever have in my entire life. Rolling Stone still calls it one of the great concerts of all time. So I just hope if you're out there listening... You've had a chance to enjoy music this summer. There's been so many bands in town, still so many to come. Get out there and see music. I know some of you still might be, you know, a little scared about the COVID stuff, and it's still around. Uh, but being outdoors, especially at Pine Knob, is a great way to see a concert, and, and much safer than maybe being indoors uh, if you're someone that's, you know, got underlying conditions or someone that's older. But I, I've been so lucky to go to some great concerts so far this summer. And I'm going to go to a lot more, and I love sharing it with you. But Fish was fantastic. With a P, you know what I mean? Uh, and it was great to be with Spoons and Thor and the, the, the wives and, the, the, you know, Ren, uh, David's kid. And I know many of you, you know, braved the rain and the mud and everything. And it, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's almost like a thing that only would happen with Fish. Because I was talking to a guy that had worked at Pine Knob for a long time and said three years ago, pre-pandemic, if, let's say, the lot was two-thirds full <clears throat> and there was a lightning strike, they would shut the concert down. Over. Everyone's got to leave. That obviously has changed, but they did such a great job, you know, directing everybody and keeping everyone informed. And the fact that this show happened, I think is one of those things that only a band like Fish and very few others 
could have, I'm not saying Fish made it happen, but it's it's almost like this, the rain kind of stopped, the lightning stayed away far enough to make it safe enough for people to be able to sit on the lawn and it kind of stopped raining for much of the show. It's like a total Fish thing. So gratitude uh, for sure to the fans with a P and to my guys and to everyone out there. What a freaking night. All right, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And the Tigers go down again, no surprise. Lose for the 64th time. Tyler Alexander loses for the fifth time, 2-5. and five, Now with a 4.04 ERA. And what do you know? 4-1, to one, Tigers manage just four hits. Michael Fulmer's gone. Robbie Grossman's gone. I know Fulmer had a really nice tweet. You can check it out on my Twitter if you haven't seen it. Uh, saying goodbye to all the fans and thanking Detroit. I mean, what a class act he is. Wish him nothing but the best. Maybe he comes back at some point uh, when the Tigers are hopefully contending again soon. But this team is just so bad. It's so frustrating to be a Tigers fan. And now they're going to open up a series against the Rays, who are not having a year like the Yankees or the Dodgers, but one of the better teams in baseball. They have 55 wins, 55 and 49 uh, they are just 22 and 28 away, and it will be a home series for the Tigers here over the weekend. It will be Springs for Tampa Bay coming up in Game 1 later tonight at 7-10. And Hutchinson for the Tigers. He's 1-4 with a 4-5-3 ERA. And right now at Bet Rivers, the Detroit Tigers, a sizable underdog at home, plus 155. Rays minus 182. Rays on the run line, minus 1.5, minus 108. Tigers plus 1.5. Minus 115, total 8, over minus 115, under minus 108. There is supposed to be a lot of rain in the area still coming up later and throughout the day today. So it's possible the game could get delayed or even postponed. We shall see. But, you know, rain can move out of the area pretty quickly or it could stay and more can come in. Uh, but no, definitely no play for me on this game. Uh, look at the rest of the series, by the way. Friday, 7-10, starter Comerica Kluber for Tampa. Corey Kluber, of course, 7-6 with a 4.03 ERA. Detroit is still undecided. A 6-10 game on Saturday. Shane McClanahan, Cy Young contender for the Rays, 10-4 with a 2.07 ERA. It'll be Hill for the Tigers. He's 1-3 with a 5.88 ERA. And then on Sunday to close it out, hopefully not to get swept in a four-game series, but the Rays undecided will be Matt Manning again uh, with that 3.46 ERA on Sunday. And as far as the Wyndham Championship goes, just to kind of re-ask where we're at with this, uh, you know, tournament, uh, you know, we favored the guys that are right at the edge of the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, as far as matchups go. And you look at the, you know, the players that are right there, uh, guys like Chesson Hadley, Danny Willett, and Ricky Fowler, those are the three that I focused on that I'll be playing in possibly some matchups uh, throughout the weekend uh, and definitely to start off with those three guys, that's kind of where I'm looking at. Uh, three guys that need to stay right there in the top 125. Willett on the outside looking in. Fowler and Hadley for now. Uh, you know, fe feeling good about themselves. We need to have a good week. And we took all three of those for uh, top 20 finishes. And then here's where we're at for our four official plays. Will Zalatoris was a full unit play. Uh, went off at 14-1 to at Bent Rivers. Russell Henley. You know, played well last week on a Donald Ross course. This is back-to-back -back Donald Ross courses. He is 20 to 1, so we had to play full you to play on uh Russell Henley. And then uh really like Denny McCarthy. Went off at 35 to 1. I think this is a great course fit for him. Uh so we had to play on, on Denny McCarthy as well. And Brendan Todd, 66 to 1 is what he went off on. Monitor all four of those guys. Of course, if uh, you know we add players 
Uh, I'll let you know over the weekend on Twitter at DanLeach971. And those four guys I feel really good about. And as I've always explained to you, let's say, for example, Brendan Todd is three or four off the lead. Uh, you know, whatever the lead ends up being, if it's six under, eight under, eight under, there should be a lot of birdies here. There should be like a 20 plus under champion of this tournament. But if Todd's odds are around 50 or 60 to one or so, and he's not like, you know, eight, nine strokes off the lead after day one, I would bang him if you haven't taken him, uh, obviously, before the tournament. Same thing would go with Denny McCarthy if he's anywhere between 25 to 35 or 40 to one based on five or six off, four or five off. You know, continue to play with him, and, and if you haven't taken him before the tournament, grab him as well. Uh, you got to, you know, be a little more judicious with Henley and uh, Zalatoris because they're two of the top five favorites. I mean, if Zalatoris has a good start, goes on a six, seven, and one. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you to take him. If Henley has a good start, goes down to like you know eight or ten to one. I'm going to say stay away from that until the weekend. Maybe he has a, a kind of a rough Friday, and you can get him at a good price. You know, not too far off the lead for Saturday. Uh, so those are the guys to kind of. Focus on, for me, uh, the last tournament before the PGA FedEx Cup playoffs. All right, coming up next, well, the Detroit Lions training camp update. We're getting ever so close to the start of the preseason as far as the games go and the regular season in early September. That comes up straight ahead right here on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. <laughs> 